200 accredited courses and more than 1,000 videos, the Police One Academy is a powerful online solution that provides department training programs with features that reduce time spent on records and policy management, credential tracking, and more. It is law enforcement training made simple and effective. For more information and to get a 30-day trial, visit www.policeoneacademy.com forward slash policing matters. Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Whiting. Hey, I'm Jim Dudley. Jim, you know, with the ever-increasing popularity of mixed martial arts, um, particularly with regard to whatever the the fighters are called, the the MMA guys, you know, so... Yeah, um, the martial artists. The Joe Joe Rogans of the world, who, you know, I didn't really know this until I studied up on him. He's actually a really accomplished fighter, more than just a commentator. He's a very, very accomplished fighter. Yeah. Um, very popular um, with people watching on, you know, on demand, pay-per-view. Uh, all of the, the the fighters who are mo- most popular, Conor McGregor, et cetera, et cetera, have attracted people to actually participate in the sport and go to dojos and gyms and training facilities that um, that will teach you a lot of these techniques, you know, it's jujitsu, it's Krav Maga in some cases, it's Muay Thai fighting, you know, there's different types of striking that's, you know, kind of typical boxing and there's grappling and all these different things. Now, those folks might potentially also sometime commit a crime, <laughs> leading them to have contact with law enforcement. Here's here's the issue. Um, and as, as an aside, and we're going to get to this more deeply in a minute, law enforcement officers are also training in this particular type of art. Yeah. It's happening. And we'll get into that in a minute. I, but I first want to delve into, you know, the potential dangers of dealing with someone who looks like they're not a whole lot, but all of a sudden when you start getting into the polyester pile, they're a real handful. And they know things that you don't know, and they can hurt you really, really badly with their just bare hands and their, their, as we call them, you know, personal weapons, and then disarm you and then do further damage. So what are your thoughts about how law enforcement should be approaching from a patrol officer standpoint, but also from a holistic and an agency standpoint, preparing cops to deal with these potentially deadly threats? Yeah, so I think two issues here. We, we talked a little bit about it off, off mic, about um, officers who might think about uh, training and learning the martial arts themselves. But before we get to that, um, if you in if you encounter uh, an individual who is a offender and you're thinking about putting the handcuffs on them and they take up that fighting stance and uh, maybe it's one of these, you know, kung fu movies where they're doing flips and backflips and, uh, you know, screaming and yelling and, and making Wax these, on, wax off. Right? They're doing all these things. Uh, that may be when you resort to a, a less lethal weapon. And uh, my point is, it's not like the movies where he goes fist fight, you go fist fight. He grabs a stick, you grab your baton. He gets his knife. It's not like that. You were efficient, we overcome quickly, and we win the fight. That's what law enforcement does, right? So nobody says it's got to be a fair fight. We want you to win, mm-hmm. right? There are no judges holding up nines and tens. So the guy puts up fists and assumes that fighting stance. 
go by your agency's policy. If that calls for a pepper spray or a taser or a baton, 26 or 36 inch baton, go for it. Resort to the weapon that we're, that you're going to be successful with. Knowing that you are capable of using that weapon of choice, mm-hmm. not that it's going to be taken away from you and used against you. But, but that said, I haven't seen uh, or heard of anything where a, a, a genuine bona fide MMA uh, individual uses his skills for evil. Yeah. In, in attacking an officer, taking their gun and shooting them. I, I've never heard of that. I, I happen to personally know several people who have fought in the ultimate fighting, you know, contests um, just by random happenstance have, have met these guys. You know, the cauliflower ears, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. like the telltale thing. You're like, oh, you're a college wrestler. And then you started doing stuff that people don't really want you to do. Um, but they're all really, really good people. Yeah. There's. Uh, examples, however, of people, and, and I mentioned Joe Rogan before. Joe Rogan had been um, an instructor at one of these dojos back in his youth, and he had said on one of his podcasts uh, that most of the students that were there were there just for their self-defense or for athleticism yeah. or for, but he said there were a couple of guys who I know, they were there to train to kill people. Wow. Um, and, you know, I'm... I'm quoting him from one of his podcasts from many, many, many months ago. But, he, you know, I, I believe him because he was an instructor who had the opportunity to have interactions with people and go, okay, well, this particular person here might pose a danger and I might have an idea about yeah. not training them, you know, beginning, go, go, going forward. So I, I do believe that those people exist. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that they're in the majority. I think most folks who train, most folks who go to a gun range they're there for to improve their self-defense capabilities. They're there for to maybe participate in a three-gun shooting uh, contest. They're there for simply the sport of blowing clays out of the air. Yeah. Um, so the vast majority of people who are participating in the sport are not a threat to police officers. Right, right. Um, but there, I think, potentially exists the threat so that officers individually and agencies as a whole need to at least address it in in conversation around what your training looks like around what you you know again you mentioned use of force it's appropriate use of force there was a demonstration that was done by a law enforcement trainer uh, many years ago that I, I attended and he picked the biggest guy out of the room and he picked the smallest gal out of the room and he put them on stage next to each other and he said what level of force can he use or she use depending upon what they have going into a conflict of uh-huh. arm, arm yeah. a confrontation and it was a really interesting discussion among the people who were in the room to be trained about what he, giant six foot six guy, uh, and she, you know, four foot four, you know, four foot five gal, yeah, had the ability to do from a policy and a legal standpoint. Right, right. Uh, one less thing that I do want to get to, and and this is important, is is because there are officers who are training in this stuff yes. because it's a. It's, it's a hobby, you know, it's, it's a yeah. sport and it's, you know, by all accounts, I've never participated myself in it, but it looks kind of fun. <laughs> you know, if you're willing to, if you're willing to blow your knees out and I've already done that a couple of times, a couple of surgeries later. Um, but there are cops, particularly younger generation officers who are training in this. And I wonder what ramifications that has for use of force issues and policy, whether you're doing something within or without policy, 
uh, because you weren't trained by the department to do yeah, it. You know, right, like a, right. a, a various types of chokeholds, arm bars, all kinds of things that may not necessarily be in the book, but would be effective in defeating a potentially deadly threat, right? Right. It's a thin line. It is a thin line, but I, people may get into the sport for a couple of reasons. One is for physical fitness, for personal protection skills. But once you put that uniform on, uh, you should really abide by your agency standards, only using what they taught you. I remember early on in my career, um, they offered judo in our police gym. And I thought, well, you know, I always want to learn judo. So I went up there, I bought the gi and everything, and I get up there and uh, it was being taught by um, this one old, old uh, grizzled uh, cop who had done it for years. And one of his assistants was a very good friend of mine uh, that I that I became friends with at this training and then later on and now we're we're really great friends and uh, Mike Beal uh, was teaching judo and he's throwing me around like a rag doll and he he shows me this one move where you put your head down and charge like people are apt to do in the street a couple of beers mm -hmm. and they want to charge the cop and put their head down and run at you and he he does this move where you slide your hip grab the individual in a headlock and use his momentum and go backwards to slam his face into the asphalt. Yikes. And I I remember jumping up and saying, hey, you can't do this. You're going to really hurt somebody. You could kill someone doing this. I mean, we're doing it on a mat. Yeah. And he's like, well, With no shoes on. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you could choose to do this or not if you're in a life-threatening situation. And I said, I don't know about this. Um so my judo career was very short-lived anyway. Probably another two or three lessons, and I separated myself. Mike's shoulder. probably still doing it. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, no, he, he was really accomplished. And uh, he forgets that he separated my shoulder, but I remind him from time to time. Uh, every time you play golf, I'll bet. Yeah. Um, so what, what, what is going on in your agency? Are you seeing people out there on the street who pose this type of a very unique threat? Um, you know, and as Jim, I want to reiterate something that you had said. Um, there's a whole variety of things that go into justified use of force. And it is the skill and ability of the person who poses a deadly threat to you. It is the weaponry that they have selected, whether that's a handgun, a edge weapon, a uh, blunt instrument, or personal weapons. And, or they're going for your weapon. Or they're going for your weapon. And, you, you know, there's always one gun in a police encounter. Uh, and, you know, if they begin to get the better of you in a fist fight or in a, in a ground scuffle, they might potentially get your firearm or uh, anything else that you're carrying. Um, I want to know what's going on uh, across the country here in terms of training cops to um, defend themselves against people who are trained uh, and sometimes very, very well trained in mixed martial arts. Uh, and what are you doing in terms of managing the cops on your department who are themselves training send us an email to policing matters at police one.com that is policing matters at police one.com thank you again for listening